Hello and welcome to the iGen UK podcast. I am Simon and to my right is... Hello, my name is Martin and I have a cello full of bees. <laughs> That's Joe Scrabbles. <laughs> and that laugh is... Uh, hello, my name is Boris and I have a trumpet full of wasps. <laughs> wow. My mortal enemy! <laughs> no one told me we were going this way. I would have opened with something much more amusing about, I don't know, a clarinet full of beetles. No, you ruined it now. Oh, why do I nice ruin everything? Boris and Martin have a fun little tete-a-tete going on and you came in with your clarinet and fucking ruined the the steez oh uh if you haven't seen the video of martin the man with the cello full of bees i highly recommend it he seems eccentric well soon as we talk about insects we talk about spider-man far from home very good although they're not insects they're arachnids but you know it was close enough strong it's close enough well done mate Mm -hmm. um i haven't seen it yet but matthew perslow you have seen this film i have yeah so last week if anybody tuned in, we spoke about a trio of turds. Mm. <laughs> this week, it's a duo of delights, starting with nice. Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is very, very good, which I don't think any of us particularly had a doubt about. Nah. No, the trailers always look good to me, and it looked, yeah, looked good, and I'm happy to hear it is good. Yeah, if- it is. Uh, IGN officially scores it an 8.8. Mm-hmm. Uh, unofficially from the UK side, I think it's closer to a 9.2. Wow. Point four swing in the UK. Ooh. Is that just because Big Ben's in it? And you're like, no. Give don't, him a big don't salute. Don't give me this sort of like, oh, it's because it's in Britain. We We've keep, had this with Watchdogs. Yeah, we keep and there wasn't even Mex in it for you to get all randy no, about. No, no Mex either. <laughs> You've got it in for Elementals as well. <laughs> I mean, the Iron Spider suit is kind of like a sleek Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Sleek Mac. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm excited for this film. Good, you I re- should be. I rewatched Homecoming on Netflix the other day because mm-hmm. it's on Netflix yeah. now, and mm. remembered why I think it's probably the best solo Marvel movie. Yeah, and I'm very happy to have more of that. It's uh, it's, it's super strong. Than Ragnarok. Yeah, I think it's more cohesive. Yeah, I agree with Joe on this. So I I do don't really like. <laughs> I really like Ragnarok, but I think Spider Man. There's, I think there's something like I've always loved kind of like like school based stuff yeah. like you know when I was like growing up things like Buffy and you know Veronica Mars and all these shows that I constantly talk about mm. um, they're all set in high schools right and so therefore Spider-Man I automatically have like an affinity to I love the Life is Strange games because they have all of that to it and obviously we're kind of move- we're slightly moving to the point where I guess Peter's going to have to graduate soon because sort of like I think the whole idea of this film being the summer like vacation that you do in American high schools I think is something you get to do when you're much higher up the the grade boundary right. I think I get the feeling that we're moving towards graduation at some point mm-hmm. isn't um, that what the third one surely it'll be called Spider-Man graduation something like that and then he becomes proper Spider-Man proper Spider-Man and then he disappears yeah. from the MCU because his home, contract's up home home graduation there needs, there needs to be a point where he becomes a photographer right because we've not done the photography route what if they kill him in the third one oh, don't make me sad <laughs> and then, Joe. and then it's Miles Morales Mm. Okay, like imagine watching Tom Holland die again. That'd be really <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so my my basic sort of idea about uh, Far From Home is I think it's the best live action Spider-Man that mm. we've ever had. I can't say it's the best Spider-Man because Spider-Verse sort of belongs in that throne room. Yeah. For that, but I I don't know if it's just because I've now got so used to Tom Holland and he's so perfect for that role. Um, but this feels like it builds on Homecoming's kind of strengths. Mm-hmm. It's very, very funny. It opens on probably the funniest opener that I've ever seen from an MCU film. Mm. It's it's a real strong, because it's so daft, basically. Yeah. Um, it, it being another sort of... I think the odd thing about uh, Homecoming was it was a Spider-Man that wasn't really set in New York City. It was quite suburby, right? Well, it was, pure, yeah, it was mm. Queens and the suburbs, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I think whereas, like one of my favorite moments of that film is when he has to he's running from the party and there's just trees and he's like it does that thing yeah. I always think of Spider-Man's like if you're not in New York you're fucked yeah, <laughs> yeah. he has yeah, that bit where he's just running really quick over a golf course it's <laughs> yeah. really fun and obviously this translate it's all set in Europe so you've all got these beautiful European cities that mm. are sort of effectively being trashed up by uh, Mysterio who has the goldfish bowl on his head asked, the, asked about the goldfish bowl to Jake Gyllenhaal himself Head over to IGN's YouTube channel and, and IGN.com if you want I to see more Jay, of that. I will watch anything with Jake Gyllenhaal then. Yeah. Yeah. And He's very good yeah. at this. Mm. Like, like that, the the whole sort of like, um, I think he, he brings across 
the thing that you want with Mysterio is is you never quite know like it's literally in the name right Mysterio and and his whole sort of the fact that his powers mm. for lack of a better word are illusions right you know in the comics he was someone that can use you know it was stage sort of special effects mm. that was from his background and by bringing that into his personality where you're never quite sure where he sits is he like mm. a Pixar animator now is that his deal? No, <laughs> no. To, to say what his deal is would be a big That's spoiler. Fair. Good. Um, but yeah, you and he also what's has... what's going on behind his mad eyes, do you? Well, I think what? he has... Jill Hall's mad Yeah, eyes. I think he yeah. has the best eyes Well, I've talked about this before. The, the thicker your eyebrows are, the better I think you are at acting. Him and Colin Farrell, I feel their emotions more than any mm. other because they got big old bushy <laughs> eyebrows that move about more. There's a lot to work with. Daniel Craig doesn't move his eyebrows a lot and they're quite thin. And I think he's not mm. as good. Ooh. That's my little That's acting masterclass. <laughs> there we go. Stick on. Grow your eyebrows. <laughs> eyebrows and you'll be a winner in Hollywood. There we go. But yeah, so it's, it's very good. Uh, and also it has what I think is the best of Marvel's post-credit stingers. See, I'm looking, ever since you've said that, I'm just looking forward to seeing the film yeah. just for that. What? Oh, the best. You looked at me when you said credits. it. I no, thought no, you were I'm talking about eyebrows. <laughs> no, no, I'm not looking for. I've seen a lot of eyebrows in my time. I don't oh. need more. You do yeah. concentrate on it. Mm-hmm. I love. It I does always like... look like you're looking slightly above me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love your eyebrows. I don't like this. <laughs> mm. But yeah, as a heads up for people, like uh, there's a mid credits and there's a final credits. So do stay to the very very end. The mid credit is my favourite. Mm. The one that's at the end is the more I think about it, the more that is the one that's like, hmm, what will happen further along the line? That's interesting, Mm, because usually those are just like the silly joke one. Yeah, it's definitely got some joke to it, Mm. but there's something about where that credits singer is set that is like, hmm, okay. Nice. Stay to the very end. Do you know what? I also stayed to the very there end of that. a terrible. Like, I saw yeah. sheer panic cross your face <laughs> well, as you realised the segue would uh, It is worth staying to the very end of Toy Story 4 because there is a lovely little, not really post-credit scene, but a lovely play on uh, the Pixar animation. So you should stay yes. right there. Yeah. Do they still do bloopers at the end of that? They didn't. That's no. annoying. I liked it when they they're did t- fake well, bloopers. They're on the fourth one now. The toys are too good at acting. There are no bloopers. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They're all <laughs> single take. Yeah. But Toy Story 4... What a joy. I'm very glad. Because yeah. it's the first time I've ever been worried about Toy Story. It shouldn't like, have going, been a thing, right? Like, no, it, it, but it just didn't make when sense. When it was first announced, yeah, I think people were like, mm, do we need this? But then when the first trailer came out, I was settled. Yeah. I was like, no, this looks great. But we, we do also live in a world where Pixar has made not good films now. Yeah. like, yeah. And that wasn't really... I mean, Toy Story 3 maybe. I think we yeah, had me and Matt were having this point. chat. There was the little wobble. Like, for me, Monsters University wasn't great. Yeah, Good yeah. Dinosaur wasn't yeah. great. I've never even I still haven't yeah. seen Finding Dory, but I heard it's okay. Yeah, it's very okay. by the numbers. But now mm. they seem to be getting back back up there. And their new one as well. Uh, what's it Tom called? Holland Soul. One. Oh, no, the other new one. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is apparently... Well, it's the Inside Out guy, and it sounds very Inside Out-y yeah, again. Yeah. I'm like, here we go, I'm ready to weep. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Let's do um, it. But yeah, Toy Story 4 is... I loved it. I mean, it's hard. People have been saying like where do they rank for me it's very hard to rank the toy story films because they all like toy story one i do think if you look at it maybe is the weakest of the four but it has such a special thing of being like i think the second film i ever saw at the cinema and it's like i think the same of you matt it's pretty yeah, much my so, childhood yeah <laughs> absolutely there was the, the, i can't think of anything aside from harry potter that has been as culturally important to me as toy story mm. it was the dominating factor of my childhood and that and I think so both me and Cardi and I presume like Joe did you have the thing where like when Toy Story 3 came out it came out a particular point in your so for me it was finishing university it and would even have, though so it would have been around the same time I don't remember for I, me it was the summer I went to university so it was the exact moment yeah I think I was Andy. in my second year yeah. the th- but the the Toy Story 3 I don't think means as much to me as it does to really? you too. Right. It's not the one it's the one I care about the least of the three. Oh, right. mm-hmm. Um but it's, that's because the first two are so wrapped up in childhood. It's the one that's had the it's the one that made me cry the most. Well, you <laughs> love <laughs> Mr. Prickles though. I love Mr. Prickles so really much. Wish, well, I don't so know, maybe good. he does, but kind of want Mr. Prickles to die. Why? Because Mr. Prickle Pants, at Prickle least get Pants. it right. Whatever he's called. He's not a good character. He's amazing. It's a Timothy Dalton voiced hedgehog in Lederhosen as who we've, quote Shakespeare. As we've... Uh, so, it's so annoying. Why do what? we have to have a typically British... He's amazing. Oh, it's annoying. Uh, you, what, what was it? You paid like 100 quid to import a Mr. Prickle Pants Maybe like character. 30 or 40. 
And so I think it was more it's than amazing. that. It's amazing. It's not 100. I did not pay 100 pounds for Mr. I don't know. You're pretty into Brickle Pants. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he has a couple of lines. So yeah, he's, my he worries gets were... His, he gets washed. his starring point in four. But actually the thing that I think we both said when we came out of it is it's surprising how few of the toys are in this one. It is it's very, very focused much, on it's Woody. It's yeah. Woody and Bo story at its mm-hmm. core. And yeah, you don't you get moments, but I think... We're, obviously, we're not going to spoil the film, but you. the one thing I, I really enjoyed it, it's probably funnier than three, I'd say. Mm-hmm. It's maybe the funniest one, although I think two is maybe st- is my, still my favourite. But mm-hmm. And it still had a moment at the end where I was tearing up, but not quite as big a gut punch as three. Yeah. But my one... like I love this film, but I just wish there was more Woody and Buzz together. Yeah. They're kind of sep- they did the thing in I think it's two where Woody's pretty much separated from all the other toys for mm-hmm. the whole film, and I just I want them together. Yeah, well, it feels like they should just be together all the time now. Mm. Kind of like finding ways for them to be apart is almost contrived because you're like that's the point is that they keep mm. getting they keep. But it does up. work. It yeah, it, it all comes together in the end, and there's some great little characters like there's a little like action man type character called Combat Carl who has a a fantastic little cameo. Keanu Reeves' Duke Kaboom is brilliant. Oh, good. He is. He's very good. I didn't yeah. like him in the trailers really? that much. Oh, he's very good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. The, one of the things that like we both said that we loved so much is the it, Toy Story really gets the like the physical sound effects of toys very well mm. and because he is effectively like a little four inch hollow action figure yeah. like the little clunks that he makes and you can hear like the hollowness of his big sort of bobble head mm. as he hits into things like it, it, they've yeah. really nailed that feeling yeah and just the actual pure animation is unbelievable like the realistic backgrounds and just like i know it's a really nerdy thing to look at but just the rain is just absurd how that isn't real rain <laughs> they yeah. are very good mm. they've they've managed to do this thing where like i find and toy story i think is the best example of it where you've got very photorealistic backdrops but with these incredibly kind of stylized characters mm. in the world and even though they've got all like just looking at bo peep now like because she's obviously she's not technically a toy she's a lamp basically and so <laughs> yeah. she's made out of porcelain i guess is the yeah, right yeah. thing and like so her face and like what she looks like now because obviously we haven't seen her for Oh, she wow. wasn't in three at all, mm. um, and so to see, see sort of like the leap in animation and get like this really really detailed face that's got all like the very dainty but like with the glaze on it and stuff yeah. like that. They do a very good retcon of that in the first five to ten minutes as well. It's like why is Bo Peep not in three at all? Yeah. So yeah, you go you go back in time at the start, which oh, that's is lovely. Cool. Yeah. I- uh, really like that comparison picture going round of the dog from the first one and a cat in this one and you're just like the cat looks real yeah the cat looks real and the dog looks so much like an episode of Reboot to yes. me <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah that weird rose tinted thing where you're like I remember Toy Story being just insanely impressive and I couldn't imagine anything looking better and now yeah. you look at it you're like what the fuck were we on <laughs> we're savages but yeah although I'd happily watch Toy Story for the rest of my life I do hope this is the last one yeah they've got a point on this where it I mean it could have ended happily after three mm-hmm. it can end easily after this one I yeah. hope I do think if a fifth would be a bit of a stretch at this mm-hmm. point well they've said that if they did it it would only be for like the perfect story yeah. so and I think it's going to be a Half-Life 3 situation yeah yeah. <laughs> I think that's almost what like like 1 to 3 is the trilogy mm. but it almost feels like the reason why 4's come uh, along is kind of like if you see 1 to 3 as like how I think me and Cardi do is it's sort of like they're, they're almost these perfect little life points for the people that were at the right age when they yeah. turned up so one is perfect for a five year old explaining about the fact that you've got to play nice together mm-hmm. and then sort of like two builds on those ideas of friendship and three is very much about the whole idea of like having to let go Yeah, and there are times in life have go. to change <laughs> um, four works as this epilogue that's almost like oh those people, which are effectively the millennial generation, have another lesson to learn. And one of the wonderful kind of themes... Oh, that is it about through... don't be alt-right? <laughs> <laughs> is it yeah. Buzz goes full alt-right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't like aliens in his old... Uh, that's, you know, that's, a, what's, that's a very good point. Range, he goes Spanish Buzz in... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he mm. just finds an SS uniform and he goes full <laughs> really? on. Really? Yeah. Gets well into YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> It was the recommendations. The <laughs> algorithm did it. 
not quite what I got in mind. It was mm. more okay. There's a kind of running theme through this one, which is about the idea of um, what you want versus kind of like your duty. Right. And I think there's quite a lot of, especially people that end up going into kind of like artistic professions, very much slave themselves over what are just jobs and forget about actually living their lives because they become that dedicated to making YouTube videos or doing Twitch or being artists and stuff mm. like that. And there's a nice kind of element to this film that's about kind of like actually maybe think about what's best for you rather than what you think is best for the duty that you perform. Yeah. And that feels like something that's very targeted at the people that would have been five years old when the first one came out. Mm. Toy Story 4 against the gig economy. <laughs> yeah. I love Toy Story. Quick one. We yeah. haven't briefed this. Top three Toy Story toys. Ooh. I'm going prickle pants. Yeah, I'm going the aliens. I love the aliens. Yeah, and then oh, third, do I just go Woody? I mean, Woody it's got to be good. one of them. Yeah, I've always been Woody over. Hundred percent, it's Woody over Buzz. Buzz is the cooler toy to play with when you're a kid, but Woody is the bad character. Yes, yeah. we're not and, talking about <laughs> yeah, toys to play with, are we? That's what. Well, isn't that what they're meant to be, Joe? Not in a film. <laughs> <laughs> not. I've always loved Ham. Ham's great. Yeah, I, and I useful. Like, Ham's, got, Ham's got a sass to him that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I like the Etch a Sketch. Yeah. Etch a Sketch was fun. Rex is good though, as well, isn't it? I find Rex a bit annoying. What? Get out. Cowards, <laughs> isn't it? I don't like cowards. Oh, but he always steps up in the end, doesn't he? Eventually. He, he used his head into. I like Slinky Dog. Slinky yeah. Dog's good. He's just so cool. You know who I, I wish, really like? I wish he was my dad. <laughs> I wish Slinky Dog yeah. was my dad. Etch a Sketch has never had enough screen time. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> that's a really good set piece. Maybe yeah. you don't want to over Good visual it. gags. Exactly. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't so got good. a top three. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah it's top do, 200. Uh, any of the new ones, hmm. Do they? could they feasibly break into your... I break it. None of them instantly broke... Would None of them had the impact on me that Prickle Pants did in three. <laughs> you're not into uh, not into <laughs> well, I mean, Ducky and Bunny. <laughs> Ducky and Bunny are good. I think Duke Kaboom's is better. Ducky and Bunny is just like it's kind of stunt casting that which they haven't really done before. Mm. Like they are just Key and Peel as far as I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Oh, what's it? Giggle Mc Giggle? Dimples. Giggle Mc Dimples. The little Polly Pocket. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but- there's uh, the way that they work with Bo and the way that because Bo has sort of almost like it's almost yeah. like they've redesigned a character because of what she's been through off screen right? Mm. and the way that they have them as almost so kind good. of like a buddy comedy almost like like mm. then it's not that they're two cops but they're like two adventurers together that works very very well yeah. that is cool. it's just brilliant oh, I'm really looking forward to it. it yeah I might go watch it again because it's brilliant should we go watch it this afternoon no okay good <laughs> uh, we won't do that that's a shame. But yeah, I could watch Toy Story forever, like I said. Mm-hmm. And you know what also is forever? Doom Eternal. You are annoying. Um, <laughs> Matt, you had an encounter with Doom recently. Yes. On Stadia. On Stadia. Of all platforms. You're part of the future. It's, it's a thing Ooh. that exists and in very controlled environments appears to work. Yes. <laughs> in, in Google's offices. Yes. Stadia's great. So I went for a little jaunt down to Tottenham Court Road mm-hmm. where you can take a little detour into Google's big, horribly multicoloured office where all the... <laughs> you say something else. <laughs> Carry oh, on. I see, okay. yeah. Speaking of the old right. Yeah. Um, Got down that collection of... Um, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and behind all of it, it's very weirdly, all the doors in there are like ship doors. Big. Really? Yeah. I've never so I've never been... gone into Google Office, but you always hear it there. I've been into Big wheels old, on it. I've been into their old office, and my favourite thing, I think I have a picture of it somewhere, is um, they mark out, I think they've still got floors in their old office, yeah. and they mark out uh, which toilets belong to which company right but it means that you get signs that say google toilet and it's like is this a new product am i gonna go in and it's gonna like algorithmically serve the right b-day i like to think everything in there is now collect (laughs) you've said google and your phone's gone off hello you just google toilet what i've said is toilet and it's like the new product (laughs) google okay google uh do you make google toilets Sorry, I don't understand. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to think that everything in the... If I say Google now, is it going to recognise my No, voice? you have to um, say... Oh, yeah, you have to say. 
Don't say oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, everything in the Google office is c- powered by that, I imagine. Like, you say anything and elevators work and doors open. And- no. no. <laughs> Only a matter The of elevators time. are on a very weird system. Oh, they've got that annoying one where you have to select the floor you specifically want to go to at the bottom. And then it tells you which box in. to get in. And then it tells you which one to get in. I don't in. mind that system. It's like Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> My <laughs> hotel gonna... in Jamaica had that, and I enjoyed it very much. Well, <laughs> good bully for you. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Uh, Doom. Yeah, Doom. <laughs> so anyway, beyond the airlock doors and all that madness, the, you go into a room with beautiful shag pile carpets. Is this in oh, Doom? Or... No, no, okay. this is in Google, <laughs> where I then got to sit down with a Stadia controller, because I guess that's all Stadia is. Mm-hmm. Um, and a television and play Doom Eternal and it it played exactly like what so, I'd expect Doom Eternal so was it to play streaming like. to the TV yeah so it was uh, so they got a um, you know the Google Chromecast Ultra I think it's oh, called yeah. they got one of those plugged in the back on Wi-Fi, so it wasn't plugged in to the, to the network, um, to Google's, which I assume they've probably got pretty good internet in the Google offices. <laughs> I reckon, yeah. They said, oh, you know, it's probably the worst experience you could have because there are 200 people on video calls in Google's offices. Nice. I imagine it's the but, one place it should work yeah, in the yeah. world. <laughs> I would hope so. But yeah, it was completely it indistinguishable didn't. from playing it on a PlayStation. No input lag at all. Not that I could tell. That's no, nice, isn't it? it was good. Um, but hey, that's magic in the sky i yeah. can talk about doom eternal which yes, is the first time i think of, is this the first which time any of us hell beneath the sky yeah i've not played it yeah yeah it's it's really fucking good mm-hmm. um it leaned it feels like it leans much more into the arcade than what um the previous doom did whereas How i think that, whereas the previous doom i think was a little bit more kind of like uh, takes itself that just a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. this one is like when you'd find a gun in Doom, it'd be like, I can remember when you find the shotgun, it's like in a guy's arms, isn't it? And you yeah, like wrench yeah, it out. Yeah. Now guns spin and they're bright yellow on oh, the nice. floor. Like it's okay. got that I and like all that. the hood is very much kind of like proper old 90s kind of, it's not that it's got the big bar at the yeah, bottom, yeah. but there's lots of big chunky fluorescent bits of hood. Um, and it, it runs on kind of like a really interesting loop system where it's like, uh, do you need more health? Well, then get lots of glory kills. Do you need even more health and armor? Get more glory kills. And then it's like, if you cut people with a chainsaw, I think it gives you ammo. And if yes, you burn yeah, people yeah. with the flamethrower that's now mounted on your shoulder, that gives you armor. Oh, so cool. it's all about like looping those together mm-hmm. now. Um, so that means that like there's absolutely no need to not be in combat. Yeah. So, like, the only times that you're not in combat is, like, the conjunction points between big arenas. Mm-hmm. There's none of that, like, oh, shit, I'm about to die. I need to run away and find some boxes right. with health in. It's just, well, kill some more people, mm-hmm. which weirdly reminds me of, did any of you ever play Warhammer 40k Space Marine? I did, but I don't remember Which was a well. game about, like, literally as you killed orcs, you just got health back. So it meant that you were always in the fray. Yeah. Um, so that's what this has got. And... God, it's very good at doing that. <laughs> because as we know, like Doom is like certainly within probably the top three shooters of the last decade. Did it feel a lot yeah. like Doom from a few years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's got all of that kind of beat is there. Um, it seems like every weapon has been slightly redesigned. Like nothing looks like what it did. I got the big plasma rifle and it just doesn't look anything like the plasma oh, rifle cool. from the last one. Um, and I assume there are certain like the one that does look most familiar is the super shotgun but that's got the meat hook on the bottom yes, now yeah, yeah. and there was a bit where we got to sort of leap over a big ravine that you can't make the jump even though you can you can now jump and then dash in midair okay. um, but because you can't make it over you just fire the meat hook into an enemy and wrench yourself into them that's very good. Um, which is very good there does seem to be more emphasis on platforming in this one from what I've seen yeah, there's like big launch pads which I was slightly worried about on the initial because I don't think Doom 2016's platforming is that good but this one seems to work a lot better like having that dash in there as well allows you to sort of like leap onto there's almost like you know how in tomb raider there's always like the different textured surfaces that suggest where you can do things Mm. so there are big kind of walls around the arena where you can leap onto them and like dig your it's not that you've got claws but your big powery fists into it and just wrench yourself up them Mm -hmm. Um, i do find it weird when i play a shooter now and it doesn't have either like a skid or a roll or a dash like that ability i'm so used to having in games now so when i don't have it I'm constantly pressing circle to evade something and I just can't. And yeah, and you're probably killed. doing melee instead. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm glad to hear it has that. Yeah. So did, did Doom 2016 have... It didn't have any sort of dodge or roll, did it? I don't think it did. It might have had a I skid. I think you had to run and melee. 
I don't know if it did have a skid. Did not have a skid. I can't remember. I don't mm-hmm. think it did. I think but, the fact yeah. you can't remember means it wasn't that important if it did. Yeah, no, it's, it's always been about the hit the thing with a shotgun, then pull it apart. Yeah. And yeah. in terms of the, you know how kind of like, I guess unofficially there's like the rip and tear is like the slogan for yes. Doom. Yeah. Like that is now more rippy and more tear. Well, they've made like all the... Uh, enemies have like distinct yeah, bits that yeah. can get damaged like, you like know, cars in forts yeah like, yeah <laughs> absolutely you know the big um like the what's it called the big brain on the spider legs oh, oh god i can't yeah. remember their names like those are A like cranium that's what it should be called <laughs> but they're no. okay, disgusting good. like and yeah. they've got like tactical reasons for doing it like if you blow the cannon off the top of its lobe <laughs> is, that, is that what the top of frontal a, cortex yeah let's say lobe yeah but like that will stop it from shooting at you so then it has to like crawl towards you and attempt to sort of like maul cool. you that way and like then that. yeah the closer it gets to you the more you can unload shotgun buckshot into it and mm. just bits of it like falling out and that you know we were talking last week about how men in black is just all about the goop yeah like there's so much goop <laughs> I'm like it's so nice like when you goop it open and you've just got the flappy bits that hang off the sides oh, like it's incredibly lovely. satisfying mm. I'm glad that it feels like to me what they've done is gone well Doom 16 2016 played really well at a base level so let's not change that let's just work around our base thing and so it's like we've got contextual damage and better platforming and more gun stuff like like fiddly gun stuff to mess with and tactical ideas that's just that's exactly what they should be doing so many people who are just like let's change it for no reason they don't fucking need to bother it's (laughs) like the definition of like the best definition of the best defense is offense yeah 100% no game does that better than Doom yeah I can't wait to just blow things up it's gonna be great and the fact that it's right alongside Wolfenstein Youngblood which looks like another game doing a similar thing yeah. I'm yeah. super into that Ooh, God, got some games coming they know out. what they're doing don't they yeah they Apart do from with their multiplayer games <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds mental although actually I'm super into the sound of the Doom Eternal multiplayer the 2v1 thing yeah that sounds that. great because um, mm. I want to be a demon Mm. And you've played it while streaming. Yeah. What a mad world we live in. I know, right? I'm living in the future. I know. Matt's been playing something while streaming, and oh, Joe God. has been watching something that's streaming. You old yeah. person. This is old news, I think, to some people, but I only just discovered a program called Documental. Uh, I know you're aware of it because I keep talking about it. Do you I've know what never Documental heard is? of it. Right. Well, so, you were watching it on a plane yesterday in a middle seat and probably got some very oh, I odd had looks. To, <laughs> I had to turn it off and watch Chernobyl because Chernobyl is less visually offensive than Documental. Uh, Documental is... Oh, I'm going to forget his name now. Basically, it's a Japanese Amazon Prime show. Right. Um, and it is... Uh, you know the end of every year in Japan, they do these... Um, no laugh batsu games yeah so you get a load of comedians and terrible things happen to them and if they lose if they laugh they're punished usually by being hit very hard <laughs> um this is a take on that by one of the guys who makes those no laugh games and i'm gonna find his name right now hitoshi matsumoto who is an incredibly well-respected comedian in japan and what he does is he gets 10 comedians and invites them to join him for six hours in a room. And they all have to bring a million yen, which is about £7,000. Right. And they have to bring it. They put it on the table. He puts it in a big stack. He adds a million yen of his own. So whoever is left in that room wins 10 million yen plus their stake. Um, and all that they do is he just leaves. He watches them on a bank of monitors in a creepy Batman-like way. <laughs> and they just sit in this room. And anytime they get close to laughing... He will stop them, come in, give them like a yellow card or an orange card, and they slowly get whittled down. And it's basically as simple as that. It's fucking hilarious because, <laughs> like, on a base, Japanese comedy is very uh, out there. Like, well, a lot of the time, like, surprisingly lowbrow. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard to explain. I will say. Uh, as a Western viewer, there are moments of this that are culturally well outside of what we would allow for. So there is there are some questionable views expressed sometimes. Uh, you will have to deal with That's that. That's why you like it. I love the views. <laughs> no, but on the whole, what it amounts to is kind of a jackass level of people get their balls and buttholes out quite a lot. Um <laughs> Like, they're material. constantly putting in like stupid wigs and buck teeth and like just all they're trying to do is just surprise everyone else but they constantly it, it's taken quite seriously like Matsumoto 
constantly goes on about this is an experiment in what <laughs> in what comedy is and what makes comedy and is the least funny thing the funniest and he's constantly really trying to dig into like they'll cut to him in like a black room really well lit like going like yes i'm trying to work out what will be the greatest comedian <laughs> and like you say that but the one clip you've i've seen you show me is just a guy wearing a clown mask yeah I mean, <laughs> that's that, not but he's wearing that guy all he's old as comedy gets his, his deal for uh about an hour so they're in this room for six hours for about an hour all he does is goes into a changing room puts on a different lucha libre mask comes in shows it off and goes back and does it again but at one point he puts on a clown mask and then tries to do like an elbow drop on someone off a chair the chair just smashes under his weight and he just falls and on no the floor. one laughs as well and I'm no amazed. one laughs like i would be the worst i will like i'm so bad at keeping a straight face yeah That's the, but this this is my favorite thing about it is like there's loads of this base stuff that would I mean makes me piss myself like there's a guy <laughs> they're doing a thing called the anal olympics at one point where it's a guy saying who can show their anus in the shortest possible time what? so he literally they go ready go and he pulls down his boxes and pulls one of his butt cheeks out it's fucking hilarious right and they're all pissing themselves one guy does it uh the first time they do it, they all make a joke that he's got toilet paper stuck on the back of his ass. And one guy's like, I'm not going to do it unless someone checks for me that I don't have that. And as he's getting someone to check, someone just whips him in the butthole with an elastic band. And he starts shouting about how he thinks they've stuck needles in his ass. And basically, like, it just goes out of control. There's all this really stupid base shit. But the moments where they actually lose are always the most innocuous things. And that's what's so funny. It's like... They're, they're trying so hard not to laugh all the time that they'll ca get caught off guard by something completely innocent and just lose their minds. And that's the best bit. So, like, this morning, I'm, I'm on to the second series. This guy's just... <laughs> there's this really weird dude. His recurring He's in both series, and his recurring joke is whenever anyone hits him, he says it's hot. He's <laughs> like, oh, it's really hot. And, and then he goes like, oh, my head's really hot. So he starts washing it under a kitchen sink. And one guy keeps secretly putting soap in his hair so he can never wash any soap out of his hair. That's funny anyway. There's a bit where he's washing and one guy comes over and he just hands him a towel. And the guy just goes, no. And he just goes, why? And then pisses himself out of nowhere. He's just like... And he loses and gets kicked out and loses a million yen just because a guy refused a towel. Like, that's the whole yeah. reason. Oh, it's so good. Just watching these moments where they don't realise they're about to break mm. and then it's just like, bang, and everyone's laughing. Oh, so good. It's just... It's you, the most infectiously funny program. So you were watching guys' assholes get whipped on a skip, plane. I had to skip ten minutes because I kept skipping forwards ten seconds. Yeah. And I was like, that's an asshole. That's an asshole. <laughs> that's an asshole. There's a brilliant bit because obviously um Japanese TV is quite heavily regulated, but this is Amazon. Like there's a bit where someone literally says, Isn't it amazing we can show our dicks on this program? <laughs> <laughs> they love it. There's a bit at the end of the first series, a guy is trying so hard to shit on a table and he can't muster anything because he it's the last three people and if there's no one left uh, if there's more than one person left no one wins mm. so mm. his whole thing is he gets on a table and tries to shit himself wow it's sounds fucking... like he's, have, he's having problems shitting yeah do you know what will help make, yeah, make it easier oh, for you to shit endless on. starch nice inside it's a UK IGN crew shit yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? I can't even remember if starch is fibrous or not. It's been a long time since it came through. I imagine it clogs you up. Probably. Jimbo, did you have to do the test where, like, like this mad experiment where if you like set a cheese it on fire or um yeah what do we call cheese it's what's it no well, what's I a cheese it oh like a ritz a cracker no the little biscuits oh, what are they called mini cheeses i'm thinking of a very the triangle one. they're like the triangle, little... they're like almost shaped like um playing cards do we call so them cheeses I call, well i've always known them as just cheeses <sighs> cheeses we, we call them something else i think that's gonna drive me mad anyway yeah you just set those on fire and funnily enough there's loads of shit in it. <laughs> I was like, wow, what an experiment. Anyway, uh, here's the endless starch. <laughs> a game which uh, I've forgotten to print out the rules of, actually, because... Do I, we remember I, who suggested it to us? I can't, and I apologise for that. Well, uh, heavily. Repeated play I, I is do appreciate it very much. Yeah, 
we liked it so much we're playing it again it's basically i've got seven games here i'll read out a description but the twist is that one letter in the game's name has been changed and that's what the clue relates to so gotcha. i think i i said earlier an example would be if i said doom I would change it to Poom and say a Finnish goalkeeper battles demons in hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Mark Poom obviously is a Finnish obviously goalkeeper. Everyone obviously, knows everyone Poom. knows and remembers Mark Poom. I didn't do that one just because I know Matt wouldn't stand yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have struggled anyway. Yeah. But I haven't done that. Anyway, we've and got it's generally seven always of them. one letter. It's just isn't one it? letter has yeah. changed, mm-hmm. and yeah. Hopefully, it's one of those games that maybe is more fun than it is challenging. But okay, everyone will have a good time. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, game number one is. A terrifying game about a very quiet herb. <laughs> um, terrifying. Oh, I, every time I listen to this afterwards, I'm wicked at it. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure. A terrifying game about a very quiet herb. Oh, uh, don't tell me yet. I'm not telling you. I'm oh, giving you a so bit you're of time. Looking at me. Quiet. I don't know if I, do I give clues in this game or we have had clues before. I can't remember what the clue. A very thing quiet was. herb is like is the whole clue basically. Yeah, a terrifying game is just what genre of game this is. Silent Dill it is Silent Dill. <laughs> I was oh. about to say because I couldn't think what it was as a joke. I was about to go Silent Basil. <laughs> <laughs> That's one nil. Thanks, mate. Always forget well about Dill. Apparently, it's very good on potatoes. <laughs> Not <laughs> into it. Here we go. Number two, a challenging platformer where a robot spends too much time in the sun. Challenging platformer. Mm. Where a robot spends too much time in the sun. <sighs> could also say he's done a lot of sunbathing he's not burnt that's crucial he's not burnt (laughs) oh okay okay a a challenging platform where a robot spent a lot of time sunbathing yeah it's not too much time then just the right amount of time yeah 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 it's Almost the perfect amount of time. Yeah, okay. I, I know that word. <laughs> a challenging platformer. I'm just, I, I'm finding out I don't know much about games. <laughs> it's hard. See, got, your mind has to work in an obtuse way. Yeah. I got like an idea of what the game was, but I don't think I have anymore. Oh, how long do I give you before? I'm, I'm going to give you another 10 seconds. Because there's probably people shouting it at their no, audio devices. I know. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is gonna annoy me so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say it. Yeah, it's Megatan. Oh, yeah. I don't even <laughs> think of that as a platformer. Oh, well, it's quite, it is quite definitively. But I think, a I think of it as yeah. an action platformer. Yeah. But there you go, Megatan. challenging action platformer. <laughs> oh, well, I'm fucking sorry about. So there, there we go. Here's the next <laughs> one. Still one nil to Joe. A puzzling game about trying to stay in shape. The fitness. He's got it straight away. <laughs> Yes. I knew you'd put the witness on this list because you're a little dweeb. It's just, you have to find words that are easy to change. Yeah. Um, an open world game about visiting pubs to drown your sorrows. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> Traditionally, what I do here is just like the first part is the genre of game that it yeah. is actually, and then the second part is what's been changed. Visiting pubs. Visiting pubs to drown your sorrows. Mm, open world. <sighs> it's not PUBG. No. <laughs> <laughs> open world game about visiting pubs to drown your sorrows. It could also be about ha- having a drink to drown your sorrows. It could be. Okay. <laughs> I would say it's a series that's had, what, seven different games in it now? Mm. Maybe more. No. <sighs> I'll give another clue. It's a Ubisoft property. Yeah. About visiting pubs to drown your sorrows. 
Bar cry. It is bar cry. <laughs> bar cry. We've all done that. I hope we. Well, I hope you all haven't. But you know, sad times. Anyway, <laughs> do I stand any chance of winning this now? Yeah, you can draw. Ooh. Well, I don't know what go. happens in a tiebreak scenario. We fight everyone. <laughs> yeah, to the death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'll just do my own documental challenge. <laughs> First one to get their ass out. Ain't <laughs> <In> Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Number five. A combatless RPG that takes place beneath a variety of leaf cabbage. <laughs> what a variety of, of leaf, leaf cabbage. cabbage. Yeah. That's, what the fuck it's are quite you on about? <laughs> <laughs> Is leaf cabbage specifically? Is a, a specifically? Yeah. The thing is. A, is leaf cabbage is the, the thing the words that's been changed <laughs> it's a combatless RPG that should be the clue there's not many of those no that's why I'm I'm pretty sure it's combatless maybe I've got that wrong but I think it's whole deal I haven't played this game I thought it's whole deal oh it's under kale it's under kale um, but it's not combatless isn't it oh. it's kind of hard I thought combatless. it was hard. you can choose to play it combatless Okay, well, uh, you can choose to play this combatless RPG that takes place beneath a variety of leaf cabbage. It's kale under the cabbage. Kale. It's this a, is what I'm leaf learning. Leaf cabbage, yeah. And it's, I don't like kale at all. No, it's not great. It's good when it's crispy. That is 4-0 yes, to Jay. I like crispy. I like it if you fry it in butter and therefore remove <laughs> the use on it. It's like when, if you ever had... Oh, mate, we're just getting on yeah, food chat. On. You ever had grilled baby gem lettuce? Yes. It's fucking amazing. No, that sounds great. Yeah. Who grills lettuce? Whoever thought of that? Yeah. Maniac, but whoever <laughs> ate it first, delighted. <laughs> Four nil, so you cannot win, Matt, but you can save face. There's two more. There's no save. Don't get whitewashed. You don't fucked get me over. You don't no, like it the starch very much. I did, well, I did the last time I did it. I, yeah, I nailed it. it. Oh, Here yeah. we go. A, a god discovers the world of human augmentation. Discovers the world? Of, that's not key. It's just a god does human augmentations. <laughs> um... There's not many games that have a few no, limitations. I get, well, I get what it yeah. is. I just can't think what the changed word is. A god. See, I've got like a, maybe I can you're almost thinking make of it. the wrong game. Yeah, I don't know. But I might be thinking of the wrong game. The one I've got. No. Are you both thinking of the same game? Do you think? Probably. Probably. What game are you thinking of? I'm thinking Deus Ex Human Revolution. Yeah. But I'm thinking okay. Deus Ex Human Evolution, but that's taken a lot of time. Well, you've got the right series of game, yeah. A god. Yeah, well, you see, because then I'm thinking Deity X, but that won't work. Deus already is a god. There's another one. <laughs> I could be more specific. Zeus X? It is Zeus X. Oh, okay. There we go. Well, that's a confusing one. It's already got the I word know. for God in it. I know. Double meanings. It's Ooh. not a double meaning. It's just unclear. <laughs> it's very clear. I can see why this I did is originally towards the a, end of I did it. originally put a Greek God, but that would have given it away a bit much, that's wouldn't it? better, though. Nah, it would have been too easy. An ancient... An an a God go. of antiquity. Matt's got one. It's 4-1. Hey. There we go. Last one, seeing as we're all loving this so much now. Yeah. Ruin my life. <laughs> A game about getting a degree in detective fiction. <laughs> I like this. I am very happy with this one because I think it's very clever. <laughs> There's no clue. BA Noir. It is BA Noir. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well done, mate. That's, that's good. 4 2. So you've saved face heavily there, man. BA Noir. <laughs> I wish I had. Is, is detective but... an art? Because it's Bachelor of Arts, isn't oh, it? Oh, come on. I'm not looking. <laughs> Do you want to change it to MA? <laughs> I could what, have got yeah. a, a master BSC. Uh, anyway, it works. I liked it. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, detective oh, fiction, detective it, fiction. fiction. It would be an MA. Oh, yeah. So it's I did get it right. But you would be more likely to do that at MA level. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you can get BAs in fucking Twitter now over the Snapchat or something. Yeah, still like, watching like, Black Mirror. <laughs> Anyway, 4-2 yeah. to Joe. Well done. Congratulations. 
Unfortunately, it does mean the Anal Olympics will not take place this podcast. Don't know. I mean, but we no don't one would have see to it anyway. abide by your rules. I can I get my ass out whenever I like. If you do want to see the Anal Olympics, please send feedback to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Please but bear in now, mind, this is not a visual podcast anymore. No, no you just maybe have to pod- listen to the others maybe react. Maybe podcast 500, which is coming up, we'll do a live Anal Olympics. <laughs> Get sued by Maximo. Yeah, remember that's uh, Friday the 16th of August. Tickets on sale in two to three weeks, I think we're aiming we're for. We're hoping. Yep. 100 Club on Oxford Street. So you know where it is, so you can book accommodation and travel if you need it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, tickets. They'll be reasonably priced. I don't, you know. Getting yeah. well excited yes, for it now. Plans are underway. Things also are in motion. Even more than the show. There might be gifts for those who come. Ooh, secret yes. gifts. Ooh. As if we're not gift enough. I know. I know. The gift of seeing Cardi's sweet face. <laughs> and I bet he's, I bet he'll do his hair for it as well. Do my I never do my hair for anything. I bet you will. I don't even know how I do my hair. <laughs> mohawk. Mohawk. <laughs> I'm going mohawk. It's going rage too, baby. And we'll do a live feedback section, but for now, emails. IGN underscore UK. Feedback at IGN.com. Lovely. Do you want to say it? Matt? We can all have a go. No, no, okay, you're good. All right. Very good. Okay. I've got the first piece. It's from Jeremy Pigeon. That is a good name. It is good. Uh, he says, Sup, lads. Sup. This guy's cool. <laughs> Long I feel time listener. <laughs> first time caller. Nice little He's an LTL. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to thank you for reintroducing me to the Lonely Island a few weeks back. The soundtrack, if one can call it that. To their visual poem on the Bash Brothers has been on permanent repeat in my car since. I think we've all been kind of doing that. Yeah. E3 I, was heavily filled with E3, Bash Brothers. E3, we had a night at um, the boys who will not be named apartment that they were staying in, <laughs> and the only thing that was played on, on the Bluetooth speaker after a short uh, K-pop, K-pop, K-pop sesh, session yeah. was Bash Brothers on repeat, which yeah. I enjoyed greatly. It was very good. Anyway, he says, I get many strange looks in the morning when I'm Caterwauling along. I don't know that name. Caterwauling. Caterwauling. That's a work, very good word. It's a banger. Yeah, I might use that. <coughs> Caterwauling along and calling myself Jose. <laughs> so mostly a thank you and also a question or two. Hello. Who on the podcast is Jose and who is Mark? <laughs> Plus, what do your cribs smell like? <laughs> Cheers for all the bants. Jezza. Uh, oh, we got Jose cool again Mark. at the end. I don't know. Jose's kind of... Uh, it's kind of a bigger-than-life character who shouts. I think in terms of sheer self-belief, Dale is Jose. Yeah. I don't think he's uh, a steroid abuser or, <laughs> or um, horrible to women. I just yeah. want to put that out there. I just think he's Does got... Does he have a couch made of horse leather? I, if anyone was <laughs> going to have one... Yeah. Actually, Jesse could. Yeah. <laughs> I could see Jesse having a couch made of horse leather. Why? I don't know. It just seems in keeping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Who's Mark? This kind of... I, do you know what? I'm going to go, Matt, you're Mark. I think so. Yeah. Understated, but yeah. physically fit. <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely sure the last bit comes in. I could see you, you taking your mother out to a restaurant for endless shrimp. We've not been out for endless shrimp. Once went out for endless pizza, though. Yeah, so. there close we go. enough. <laughs> That'll do. It's basically the equivalent. Yep. Thanks, Jeremy Pigeon. That was lovely. Good and name, good email. Good Good When taste. are they doing a show here? When Get it, it doing. Oh, Get it doing. When, when we found out, when we were in LA, oh. one of our friends knew that there was a secret show. In LA. In LA, while we were there, and didn't tell us. No. And he was like, oh, it was like $100. I was like, Yeah. Fine, I'd pay that. Well, yeah. expensive. <laughs> it's, like it's like their seventh show ever. <laughs> oh. God damn! Imagine how good that would have been. You sound <laughs> amazing. Yeah, you sound like that song. <laughs> Who's got the next one? Uh, that'll be me. So this is <laughs> weird. Uh, this is from Ben Ormsby. He says, "Hi all." I was going to start with platitudes about how great you are, but I don't want to embarrass Joe. Correct. <laughs> anyway, he's just jumped on the switch wagon and could do with some advice. So, number one, do you guys have screen protectors on your Switch? And if so, what type, glass or plastic? No. I don't think I do, no. Maybe I should. I've heard the glass ones can be quite dangerous, uh, Mm. so I never wanted to. Is it like they split and you get... You can get... So, some... Because it's 
kind of Wild West when it comes to peripherals. Mm. You can get some that the adhesive isn't good enough and can go opaque. Ah, and you can no. get some where, uh, yeah, they shatter and then it just destroys your yeah. screen. Mm-hmm. I used to do spring protectors, but now they just terrify me because I hate that thing. If there's just a little wrinkle or a little, a little bubble in it, I'm just like, it'll put it. me off forever. Yeah. So I'd rather just run the risk of breaking my screen. But, but I'm very also, good. I've never like broken a phone screen. or I, The amount of people I see just with cracked phones. What are they doing with their yeah, phones? Yeah. I see like I always How's it scru- scuff up the corners or like you That's know like fine. bits like that yeah. but I've, I don't think I've ever smashed a screen no what are people do are they just like hammering their phones for fun I think I just keep it gripped so tight <laughs> I will, I've got a little pouch like a bandolier <laughs> Uh, so I know I don't have a screen protector but I think that's largely because like I actually like it to look like a switch yeah. and anything that like I hate third party elements that make mm. your thing not look like the thing it's oh, this, is, this is the first time I've ever had a phone case because I hate the idea of phone I cases always have but phone also case. like I think the Google phone so Joe has a pixel for mm. anybody that can't see but the Google like has an official case that almost makes it look like it's part of the phone and it's like a little yeah. it's nice and fabric nice. yeah yeah although mm. I put it down in the same place I listen to podcasts in the shower Every morning, and I wow. put it down in the same place, and occasionally yeah. a bit of toothpaste, Ooh. which is annoying because I, I then have to scrub my little fabric <laughs> case like a washing machine. I had a mad peripheral for my Game Boy Advance, which was like one of those clip-on ones that a magnifies the screen slightly yes. and has a lamp above it, so you because can there was no backlight yeah. on it, but you couldn't then couldn't see what was on the screen, especially if you were at night under the covers, yeah. because it just reflect back off the yeah. glass, and it would last very little time yeah. as well. It would drain batteries like fuck. I had one of those. Um, TV tuners for Game Gear. <laughs> and it, it, the Game Gear ran on six AA batteries yes. and it would drain them in about an hour. Like, as soon as you put that fucker on, it's yeah. just gone and you can barely <laughs> see anything because it had an antenna about six feet high. It's yeah. an absurd thing. I don't know why my parents have mm. bought it for me, but anyway, thanks, Dad. When portables didn't have backlights. Stupid. Mad Madness. Anyway, second, so this, that's one of three bits of advice I'm looking for. Two, Go. any tips for a case? I say the Hori case, which is sort of as close to an official case as you I can just get got for the it. Official I've got the official one. Mm-hmm. It's fine. fine. Uh, the only problem I have with it is it seems to retain a lot of dust. Right. And that's caused my Joy-Cons to drift mm-hmm. all the time. Although I've recently solved that problem with electrical contact cleaner. Yay. Shout out to Nintendo Life, who have an extremely good how you stop controller drift article mm-hmm. um, I will never go to replace my own Joy-Con stuff <laughs> but yeah they, if you have that problem go yeah. look them up it's mm. well the done. official yeah. case is slightly soft isn't it it's not a that's it it's like flocky inside so yeah. it's I feel like it's actually dropping more detritus <laughs> into my Joy-Cons. I'm going to give a shout-out to Finnair. So I was what? on their plane yesterday. Oh, that was really good. They have the little... So you know you normally have your little fold-out table yeah, on your yeah. seats. Above it, though, where the little clip is, where there's normally a screen, because it was only a three-hour flight, mm-hmm. there was no entertainment screen, they have a little fold-out, like, what would you call it? A little fold-out like a mini... Pl- like a mantle. Like yeah, a, a mantle where you can put something to watch. So it was at eye level, so I didn't have to crane wow. my neck. I could just sit back with the, Joy-Cons in my hands. It's the only time switch screen detachment has been useful because <laughs> the, the actual the kickstand, kickstand yeah. is terrible on yeah. those things so I was just sitting back playing some Steam World Quest and my flight flew by I was going to copy you because you were sitting in front of me diagonally yeah. and then I went oh I'm watching Documental I can't do that <laughs> can't put arses that high no way <laughs> no and then finally, and this is, I think, the, the main element, uh, one game you think I have to have for my Switch. So, so far he has zero games, but Dead Cells, Stardew Valley, Golf Story, and Guacamelee are already on the list. For me... It, it's got to be Breath of the Wild, hasn't yeah. it? So Breath, Breath of the, the Wild, Wild is... Super Mario Odyssey. Like, let's just take that as red. You're going yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. to get those if you I'm not Switch. into Smash, but obviously if you are, that's one to have. Let's try and go non-Nintendo. So mine is... Buy. Yeah, so for me, um, I am always... Concerned. So it's between Dead Cells and um, Into the Breach are the two ones that I mm. quick... Like, yeah. They're the cycle games for when I'd, I'm If you on want one to last a while, I'd say Hollow Knight. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. Hollow yeah. Knight's an absolute Or banger. if you're into it, Football Manager Touch. <laughs> it's actually surprisingly good on, on Switch. Yeah. Like It's a little fiddly when you start because the button mapping's odd. Um, mm. But once you realise what all those buttons do, if you're into it, it's bloody good. Yeah. I was doing very I well with Sheffield recently Wednesday. really enjoyed Katana Zero yeah. Katana Zero is brilliant uh, I'm trying to think of some older ones like a couple of years ago yeah, yeah so like Mario Rabbids if you like the yeah. XCOM sort of style thing like Mario Rabbids is a really really clever re sort of invention of that type of game mm. mm-hmm. there's loads of just there's really so nice little indie games as well like if you want something contemplative we talked about it on here before the Lion's Song is mm-hmm. beautiful like just a little thing about being an artist in Vienna it's great nice. mm. um you can oh, get Grim else? Fandango. 
if you've never played Grim Fandango, mm-hmm. play it on Switch. You didn't like Resi 4, did you? I was gonna. It does. It's also expensive. It's hard to go back to yeah. Resi 4. I found. Yeah, I, I think uh, Hyperlite Drifter is actually on sale at the moment. Oh, so that's a good one. That, that's a good and one. And a game I'm going to start soon, which I just put on, which is Slay the Spire. So if you're into Steam World Quest, I've heard very good things about Slay yeah, the Spire. People like, I, I think stuff like Slay the Spire and um, Into the Gungeon, uh, Dead Cells, Into the Breach, stuff like that, mm-hmm. I find are really, really good Switch games because you'll have something like Zelda, which you're constantly sort of always playing. Mm. Yep. But those games where you can just jump into Into the Breach and do like four missions, and then you'll probably fail at the end. but yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter because the whole game is about failing and starting over, and it fits mm. those kind of bus yeah. journeys or something like that really and well. And Celeste is good. Yeah, Hand mm-hmm. of Fate 2. It's oh. a banger, and yep. it's big. There we go. Nice. Hope that helps, Ben. And Dragon's Dogma, if you're Joe. Oh, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Finish that. Well, finished the main story recently. Nice. the post-game. Oh, my God. That's um. still incredible. This is from Corey from US. <laughs> what? Sounds is more that, like a him? Soviet spy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, only because you did that. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm listening to you hilariously rip apart the new X-Men movie, which, after Apocalypse, I had a sneaking suspicion wouldn't fare better. But, Matt said First Class was the best X-Men movie? What the fuck is he on? (laughs) He's on the good stuff. Days of Future Past is clearly... Don't interrupt until the end. Days of Future Past is clearly the best X-Men movie, and all of you confidently agreeing with him made me wonder if you lads watched too many shit movies this week to think proper. Chill out with Aroni and watch the Prestige to get your minds <laughs> right, and see that fo- and see that first class. And I do like this is a first class turd. Cheers, Corey from US. I think it's quite comfortably the best. Uh, I think thinking that Days of Future Past is a good X Men movie is um, grounds for sectioning. It's, it's, not, it's not terrible, but it is a mess. Uh, it's, that's it. It is a big old mess. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it like uh, X Men. Uh, sort of first class sets up so many really really good character arcs mm. and Days of Future Past it almost like it storms into the pub going right oh, fuckers let's yeah. do this go. and yeah. then it just completely it, it unders everything that they set up with uh, yeah. Xavier it unders everything that they set up with Beast it mm. kind of puts Magneto in this ridiculous holding point anything that they got going with um, with Raven just is all fucked about from there. Mm. It is all. So the original idea, for anybody that doesn't know, um, Matthew Vaughan came up with this trilogy of X-Men films that he wanted to do. Starting with First Class and it would end with Days of Future Past and Fox were just like, but that's big and that's cool. Like, I could imagine them seeing it as like, that's our Avengers, isn't it? Because he gets to exactly, bring everyone yeah. together and they're like, no, do that one next. And he was like, actually no I'm going to go off and do this Kingsman movie since you won't let me do that um, and so they bought Brian Singer back and it always felt like this it's never a good idea no it felt like a really horrible not, not, way oh to wait, go I was going to say something very libelous <laughs> no, or slanderous no, we won't say anyway that. whichever one I was going to go to jail <laughs> Yeah, it felt like a horrible, like this this real distinct way of going, everybody liked the old X-Men, so let's stick them in this new one as mm. well. And, you know, Days of, I don't even think Days of Future Past is actually that good a story in the comics either, so... I don't know it well enough in the comics. I just thought it felt bungled to me. Like, that was a, mm. it was a concept that I really liked mm-hmm. the idea of, but uh, the, the future part I didn't think was fun to look at. And the past bit kind of, yeah, it undid what I, I just thought. I remember first so much trying to happen, like... In my head, it would have been better going the Infinity War Endgame route, maybe splitting it into two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It definitely needed more build up because it was just came in. I was like, "What? What is going on here? Like everyone, everyone is here." Smash Bros. Style, yeah. and yeah, I thought it was a mess. On so, the other side, not as bad as Apocalypse. That no, is no. the worst film I've ever seen in a cinema. <laughs> on the other side, First Class. I don't see how you think that's a First Class turd. I think solid. At I worst, think isn't I it? think it. Um, I think it ends relatively poorly mm. but like that is a fun ride for such a long time yeah. like it's a fucking Bond um, movie for a bit yeah. the thing I like about it is unlike every other X-Men ignoring like the first couple from like 20 years ago like it's just quite simple yeah like it's not relying on yeah. time travel and 500 characters and yeah I, like, I don't think it's X-Men, about the X-Men <laughs> I don't think X-Men 1 or 2 have aged very well but they at least have the confidence to just be like this is what we're about beginning middle end see you later mm-hmm. we're not going into like grand machinations about this world yeah uh, yeah yeah i think it bounces along really nice it's yeah. got i really like you know when they start doing the montage scene and it takes a bit of comic book influence where it splits things into panels and mm. stuff like that it's got a nice visual style and like it that film the core of it is about xavier's relationship with magneto right and i think it actually does that really nicely mm. Mm. it's good Corey, we disagree but we do thank you for emailing in yes 
script. Email in something we agree with next time, though. Yeah, for uh, God's sake. IGN <laughs> underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Watch Please Documental do. and tell me that's a first class turd. <laughs> well, it sounds I mean, like someone tried to lay it, one. It sounds like we're getting close <laughs> to it. I'm only halfway through series two. It's anything yeah. could happen. If everyone can let us know, I just want one, I'm going to limit you. Your favourite Toy Story toy and why. Mm. I want everyone's favourite Toy Story Like toys. a little essay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no more than a paragraph. Yeah. Uh, minimum 500 words, max 800. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. Don't write that. Don't no. spend your time writing that. We won't read it out. No. You'll get in, You'll get angry with us for not reading yeah. it. So, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. We're done. All right. Yeah. I had a lovely time, though. Thank you. So did I. Yeah. How about you, Matt? You yeah, look- I had a moderately good time. Wow. <laughs> What's the song you want to play at the end? We're not doing Garage oh, anymore. Oh, God. Um, can play something from Anima, if you like. Yeah, why not? So I, me and Matt actually on Monday went down to the old IMAX mm. and saw the new Netflix Paul Thomas Anderson Tom York collab. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't, Tom York is the lead singer from Radiohead, and Paul Thomas Anderson is the world's greatest film director. <laughs> and he's, they've just done a little ten-minute film, which is just basically three music videos in a row, which tells a vague narrative about social collectivism and uh, stuff like that I immediately want to watch it less (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's interesting if you like Tom York music you'll like it if you don't it probably won't do a lot for you let's find out My name is Martin and I had a cello full of bees.